one of the things that amazed me every day was that they there was a paper at my door every day, and it was definitely like watching sausage because yeah. personally, there were a lot of people there who I adored. Yes. I mean, worship, and I still do. Yes. Um, there are some people there who were, <laughs> I thought, as stupid as bags of hair. Welcome to Here in L.A., Sherman Oaks edition. Today, we talk with Robin Maper, a longtime resident of the Valley, who we met when she was a research librarian at the Los Angeles Times. Now Robin is retired and about to sell her beautiful and haunted home, which will probably get turned into McMansion. She's going to live on a boat with her hunky man and live a carefree life. Tell me that ain't goals. So let's hear from Robin in Sherman Oaks. Robin, thank you for having me into your beautiful home. You're welcome. You're very welcome. You are close to the LA River. Yes. And close to the freeway. Yes. And right now the freeway is kind of empty because it's rained, yes. but the river's full. Oh, I have to go over there. I do that every time and we have a good rain. I go watch the river flow. I've taken videos of it and posted them on Facebook. How long have you lived here in Sherman Oaks? I moved here in 1997. Oh. I was uh, about a year or two after my divorce. Uh-huh. One of my closest friends was looking for a house, and like Lucy and Ethel, she wanted me to get a house too. Mm-hmm. And our real estate agent was just this awesome woman, and she found me a house. Uh, where did you live before Sherman Oaks? I was first. I was in North Hollywood near Vineland. Yep. Um, on Whipple Street. Uh huh. And previous to that, I was on Clump Avenue. <laughs> That's where I lived with my ex-husband. Uh-huh. We had a little house. Uh huh. And I've been in the valley a long time. I moved here probably early '80s. Wow. Yeah, I lived in Manhattan Beach for a while. Uh huh. Five blocks from the ocean. Yeah. Um, and Eagle Rock. Did you? Yes. In fact, John and I lived in Eagle Rock for a little while. Is John that tall, handsome man I saw you with? Yes, that's my tall, handsome man. You bounced back from that divorce pretty well, Robin. We, we, John and I met in college. Which college? University of the Pacific. Actually. Up in Sacramento? Yes, Stockton. Stockton. Wow. It was, uh, we were both worked, it was my summer of graduation, and we both worked at the Stockton Airport. I was 21, he was 19, he had thighs like you... you know, it looks like he still does. We still... There's and, nothing wrong with the man I just saw. Oh, no, no. How tall is that man? 6'6". Six, 6'6"? Six. Six, six. He's cute. How tall are you? 5'4". Look at that. I love him. Oh, there's a picture of you guys. That's from 1978. It sure looks like the 70s. And you're ho- holding hands, there's a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah. He's Thanksgiving, smoking a cigarette. Think. Oh, God, yes. Were you guys sweeties back then? That's when we met, and we were together for a couple of years, then broke up, yeah. and then got to get better again, together again, uh-huh. and then broke up, and then we've been again together for the last 10, 11 years. Wow. Did he have a uh, starter wife also? Yes, he had actually one or two. Couple of them. <laughs> Third time's a charm, though, so right? Every time, every time he left me, he married the wrong person. And I said, well, don't leave me anymore. And now he's listening. So now we're, we're together forever. It's, um, 
it's really cool. It's he's my best friend. He's I love him more than anything, Aww. and uh, it's one of the reasons that you know this is the punchline. I will be selling the house this year. I have to. Oh, really? I can't really afford to live here anymore. Oh, it, I'm, I'm retired. Mm -hmm. I'm not going back to work. Yeah. I love this house. I love my neighborhood, but. I decided that at this point in my life, I want to have fun. Yeah. The past two years have been hellish in that, yeah. the, you know, like luckily I was here, but I decided all I want to do is be with John and spending the time on the boat. I love it. He's so, got a 40-foot sailboat. And, and that's what you're going to do, sell the house and just live on the boat? Live on the boat. I, and sail around a bit? Yeah, I'm going to have a place in Phoenix. That's where my family is. And yeah, I want to be... I, I want to be free of obligations. I've been yeah. here for over 25 years, almost right. 25 years. I'm ready to not have to pay bills. Yeah. That's a, that's a great goal. And I love this place, but it's going to be torn down <laughs> like all the houses around here. You say that because next door, you live next door to a mansion. Did you watch that house get torn down and this new yes, yes, thing get yes. built? Yes, was the yes, previous yes. house looking like this one? Very much. There was a lot of different people lived there. They're all renters. Yeah. And one couple was there I'm still friends with. Um, they got married, and she did my original landscaping, which looks nothing like this. What, what I love about your yard is... It looks very natural. Yeah. Like if if we could go back 200, 300 years, maybe this is what... It's a field. ...what the valley would look like if there was a little bit of water. Yeah. Because you probably give it more water than no, nature I don't. does. No, I don't water it at all. Really? I um, depend on the rain. So, I mean, other years I've had incredible vegetable garden and stuff. Um, it's all wildflowers... Plants that can take drought. That was the original plan when we did it. And we did it like in 2003. Yeah. So it's totally different now. Um, but some of the original plants are still here. She, she Very just, lush. I see some wildflowers out there. A lot there. of wildflowers. That's my addition. One year when we had great rain, the entire yard was uh, poppies. There's poppies out there? I had the... You remember one year we had the, the poppy explosion up yes. in there? Yes. My the super yard. bloom. The super bloom. That's what I had. In your front yard. Yeah. And the back. The back was crazy, too. Back is, is a meadow also. It's a meadow. That's what it's how called. How did you get these poppies? Because I heard that we have to be careful about picking poppies. And the, I th I'm sure I had some seed packs. I had... Um, you just I just went to just, the store and got some seeds. I got seeds. and Great. They just regenerate themselves every year. So I want poppies in my yard. Yeah. You recommend that? Oh, yeah. Just go to wherever. They're weeds. They're really weeds. Thank God for that. Yeah, they're weeds, but they're gorgeous. Okay, so your next door neighbor in, I think I, because I, I did a little research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a research person, yeah. and I needed to research on you a little bit. But I got stuck when I saw th this McMansion next to you. Yeah. Because I was like, I wonder what she thinks about this. And Oh, I hate it. Because it doesn't fit in, does it? No. It's no. just too big and too modern. and The turrets. I hate the turrets. It's yeah. It is. I, I remember watching it being built and just thinking, oh, my God, is that ugly. Yeah. And it really is upset. It was upsetting. And then. Did your other neighbors feel the same way? Um, yeah, I think so. But we, you know, we, 
You're you know, polite people. We're polite. And they're really nice people. They're very sweet. And, yeah. Um, I think he worked for BDO, which is like a big... So I think they have lots of money. But they're nice, nice people. Good. So. Good. He's a little... You know, but our, she is adorable and sweet. <laughs> I mean, I... I I, Does it help the neighborhood uh, value if there's a $2 million house on the block? I'm sure. Be, you know, there's one of those houses over there. I see with it. The, with the fence around it for yeah. sale. Yeah. A Braxton lives there. And they're so, they've only moved in there. A Braxton? Six, like a Tony Braxton? Yeah, one really? of the Braxton people, yes. If you look up the Braxton Sherman Oaks it come, story comes up. Huh. I guess someone died in the family oh. and they're selling. I don't know. But that's their... Have you ever, did you consider um, just renting this place out while you're I at the boat? I actually, that was one of my ideas. I was going to fix it up, fix up stuff and everything. And uh, you just, I didn't have the money. Why even bother fixing it up? Uh, you have to. You yeah. do have to fix yeah, it up? I have a lot of things that need to be fixed. Huh. And uh, I would love to move into a place like this. Yeah. Because this feels so much- like a real. I have a leak. I have a pipe that's broken. Oh, really? I got stuff okay. that needs to be taken care of. I'm sure there's dry rot. My You've been here how many years? Twenty, almost twenty-five. June will be twenty-five. I think. So you're you're gonna make some money off of this sale. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes, I've talked to my agent already. Well, the only yes. reason I bring it up is I've talked to now two real estate people for this podcast, mm-hmm. and I mean houses that were bought five years ago are turning a, a healthy profit. Yeah, I'm. I'm Frightened about capital gains, but I could oh, tell you, you what I bought. I could tell you what I paid for this house. Do you want to? Sure, I don't mind. Okay, one hundred and fifty. How, uh, how many bedrooms is this? Well, the property says three, but it's actually two because two real bedrooms. Yeah, that was that over there at that line was a bedroom. Okay, a long, long time ago, before uh-huh. I moved in, it was all one room. That um, wasn't a living room. No, no, this was a living room when I moved in. Yeah. But not originally. This house was bought in what, was built this, in forty five. Was this dining room the living room? Yeah, I guess this You yeah, did the they did the right that that should be your living room over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My friend one of my friends used to call it the bowling alley. Because <laughs> it's long. <laughs> I I think this is wonderful though. Oh, I love this. The room. living room should spill this over is to the such dining room. It's a great room. party house. I've had some wonderful parties here. I bet. Outside, inside. Family, yeah. you know. Okay, so you're going to list it as a two-bedroom. Yeah, I think so. Um, how many baths? One and a half. Uh, how much room do you have in the backyard there? It's a standard lot. I think they're all around 6,000-something. It's a standard lot. 6,000 feet in the backyard. Something like that, yeah. Uh, could somebody put... Um, Easily a pool. A pool, a hot tub. Could they put another dwelling back there and rent that thing out? As a matter of fact... Um, I have a little like room on the other side of my the garage right behind. There was always that room there, and I had a, a guy fixed it up for me. And it it's small, but it could have been. Yeah, like, I could have put an ADU out here, I, or could, the garage, or the garage. So turn the garage and that room yeah, into a thing. But the money, I didn't have the money. Or have, the but, will. What, or the what, will. What I'm saying though is, is the next buyer might have that. Yeah, they. I think this house has a really good foundation. I mean, like, has a sprawl space underneath, which a oh, lot of news. And this is like, it might be legendary, but my boss once told me that they took wood from the Japanese camps. 
and built houses in the valley with it. Wow. This house was built in 45, and I think the wood in this house is like stone. Wow. So it's very possible. Do you believe in ghosts? Oh, yeah. This house has spirits, my cats. Mostly, but it your, has... Your, your former cats? My former cats, but also you, one day... Hold on. You hear your old cats from time to time? Oh, my God, yes. Really? It's like I'd feel them jumping on the bed. Oh, my or goodness. I see them. It, may, it might be because I smoke a lot of dope. But, <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, well, thank you. But, uh, yeah, I see them, like, tails sometimes. I, Is I that a nice feeling? Is that a nice... Yeah, my last kitty I passed last spring, oh. and I had to put her to sleep. She was ready to go. Yeah. I once waited too long, and you don't want everyone to do that. Yeah. And I really felt I was away. I went away afterwards, and when I came back, I was on the bed, and I felt her next to me Wow. and stuff. I mean, she was the hardest. She was the hardest one. What was her name? Frankie. Shout out Frankie. Yeah, Frankie, my kitty cat. We know you're out there listening. And we miss you and we love you. Yeah, she's a good... She was she was the little cat I got when I was redoing my house. We were redoing the lawn. See, every year I would do like a big project. The windows, the roof, the air conditioning, the heating, you know. And um, one year I did the landscaping. And it was great. And the woman I did it with was amazing. And like I said, still a friend. The reason I ask about ghosts, do you think any of these internment negative ghosts i don't know i don't know you haven't felt anything negative from no no this house is such a great vibe i met someone came by one day and she said her father built all the stuff here you know the the cabinets and stuff like built-ins yeah and she was so happy to see it was still a regular house i didn't say anything to her at the time um it was a it, it just had a really good vibe i believed that when I got this house, because other people had made other bids, but it eventually came to me, partly because of my incredible real estate agent, but also because I believe my dad helped, because he only appeared when I was making, he was always around when I'm making big purchases, like cars and things like that, and I think he kind of made sure I got this house. Are you talking the spirit of your father? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he was here. So whenever you're making a big financial move, you feel a presence. My dad is there. Did you have a good relationship to I him, with him? I adored him. He was great. He was he was a good man. He was funny, and he was a good dad. Yeah. And he, yeah, good man, good dad. He had, see, he grew up, he had us growing up on boats, motor, oh. motor, motor boats mostly, but, you know, and that's huh. uh, so I said, I'd. I learned how to walk on a boat. So when I'm on the boat, it's like it brings back the childhood, yes. my dad, the fear, you know, and sitting out there, just sitting there, watching the waves, watching the boats, watching the people. It was so good for my head. Yeah. So that's when I, I already decided that I wanted to be with John. I mean, that was already, and the boat was only secondary to it, but it works down there. So you bought this place for 150000 Did that seem like a lot back then to you? Oh, my God. I almost died. Yeah. I was, like, blown away. But a friend of mine came over about two days after I bought it and said to me, Robin, the value of this house has risen since you moved in. <laughs> and he was right. He was right. So I, what do you think you'll be able to sell it for now? Oh, over a million. 
It will be torn down. Isn't that wonderful, though? Oh, yeah. Isn't oh, yeah. it nice okay. to know? I think my dad's proud of me. Yeah. Right. Isn't it nice to know <laughs> yeah. this thing that, that you had to gulp before you signed the papers? Oh, God. It was... And you worked and paid it off? No, it's not paid off. Well, I still have not working. I refinanced several well, times. Okay, that's fine. But it, still. it saved me from being poor, working poor. It, I had a deduction. I had deductions. I had, and it kept me kept a lot of my money with me. I mean, I didn't make a lot of money. Right. But it kept money near me. <laughs> it kept my money closer. Let's move over to the LA Times. Okay. Because that's where we met. Yes. What was you worked in the library? I was. What do they call this? We were research librarians. Um, now I knew of you at, from LAist. Did I you? I used to read you all the time. I thought really? you were great. I remember one time I wanted to have an argument with you, and I didn't get around to it. <laughs> Thank but God. yeah, but I, I would have burned no, the bridge. It was you had made a comment about how they don't talk about. You know the things about Christmas on the on the news. It was something they were talking about something else. They were talking about Hanukkah or something. And you said, "Well, they should talk about Christmas." And I thought that everybody knows about Christmas. Not everyone knows about Hanukkah. That is it's true. It's kind of like when someone says, "Why should they have a black entertainment network?" I said, "Because it's everything else is the white entertainment yes. network." So that I, to me I was. Am, I am surprised for a woman who says she smoked so much dope. That you remember, I remember 2006 I remember. being mad at me. Yes, I was really irritated with you about that. <laughs> but, I, you know, it was like I wanted to answer you back, but I was very shy about oh. responding on the on websites because well, I was at the Times. Well, also, I'm, I'm back then I was kind of a jerk online. Oh, you were funny. You were good. Well, not in the comments I wasn't funny. No. I was mean. Yeah. I told people. The comments they, were the best part. The comments were the best part. <laughs> but, and I would tell people where they could kiss it because I don't know about you but I love Howard Stern yeah yeah I know you have that whole Stern page and, and everything and, I do and and one one thing that got me into Stern was when he would yell at the people who would complain about the show I thought that that was better than the show oh yeah and so um, I was like if I can somehow do that in the comments of LAist maybe we can get LAist on the map I was I was I was hell-bent on making that successful because I could not believe that they were going to pay me money to run a blog. Yeah, yeah. That seemed yeah. like the greatest gig ever. And and it was really good. Thank you. It had some great stuff in there, and I always enjoyed it. It was because I was able to get some of the greatest unsigned talent there was. And some of them ended up at the LA Times. Some of them are everywhere Zach now. Burns did a good job. Zach did a good job. I knew his name. Well, he did here in Van Nuys. Yes. So, of course, I knew him, you know. I didn't know I've never met him. but Zach was the, the, the perfect uh, uh, balance to me because he liked hiking. He was he, very mellow. He was super he was very mellow. chill, very chill guy. Maybe a little too chill for my taste. Hmm. We, we had a war to fight. <laughs> he, was, he was at the neighborhood council meeting. Yeah. And I was like, you get your ass out in the valley and give me some pictures. But... He was a softer version of who I was. Yeah. And I think together we worked together very well. Yeah, he was a good guy. I mean, I, I enjoyed his... I said it was different when you left. But then you came to the Times, and I was so excited. <laughs> I, You know, I had in my thought, oh, maybe okay, I can do a library blog or something. I was really... I would have loved that. I know, but... 
the yeah, politics, uh, the red thank tape. You. It thank was, you. It, I mean, <laughs> it was eye-opening to me because I had no idea what a real newspaper yes. was like. But one of the things I learned was about people like you and that job and that part of that old building, RIP that old building, that oh, fantastic old building that will never have again something like that. That's not only that old, but that beautifully architecture. The history. All the, the history. history. The deaths that happened there. And, yes. and the fact that so much news came in and out of that place. It amazed me. One of the things, I was not a journalism person, but I was a researcher, you know, law librarian, so, you know, that kind of thing. So one of the things that amazed me every day was that they, there was a paper on my, and I subscribed to the paper, I paid for it. Me too. And at, at, my, at my door every day, and it was definitely like watching sausage because yeah. personally, there were a lot of people there who I adored. Yes. I mean, worship, and I still do. Yes. Um, there are some people there who were, <laughs> I thought, as stupid as bags of hair. And I would, of course, never say anything because you had to be polite. But there were times that I would just shake my head. Yeah. And we had, we had, I mean, we would sometimes talk about stupid, stupid questions. Yeah. And laugh about them. And when I first started there, it was a lot more formal. We had a what, big what staff. Was that? that was 1998. Okay. I started in January of 98. We had a staff of uh, at least 15, if not more. In the research library? In the research library. Uh, we had an entire photography group who just dealt with pictures. And well, it was different. I'm going to keep cutting you off because yeah. you're a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And... People outside of this world have no idea. So when you say you had uh, uh, these people dealt with photos, does that mean if, I don't want to chinks him, but if Sandy Koufax dies today, somebody would go back into the archives and oh, yeah. pull up a half dozen, two dozen pictures yeah. of Sandy now, Someone Koufax? like Sandy Koufax probably always already, at, in those days, had a pre-obit. The pictures were already set. Right. But they would, yeah, we did, and that's something we did until the day I left, uh, pulled photos for Obits. Obits research changed over the years a lot, mm -hmm. and that was, that was a, it was for a while, it was just Myrna Oliver doing all the Obits, yeah. and John Thurber took over, and yeah. people were, were, you know, it was, a, it changed a lot. But yeah, essentially we would get the, inf if someone died on the weekend and they didn't have a pre-Obit, we would do all the research. Um, at the end, we had one guy doing all the research, but we all did research because right. if he wasn't there or something. But yeah, pulled a lot of pictures. I once got a credit on an obit because uh, uh, Schneider, the guy in um, from uh, uh, Roy Schneider, Roy oh, Schneider, yeah, because uh, it was Michael Landsberg was working the the desk, and I said, "Oh my God, he's like one of my favorites. I love that movie, you know." And and I was pulling pictures, looking for stuff. You know, I said the best picture would be this, but we couldn't find it. So yes, and he gave so he was a friend of mine, Mitchell, one of my favorite people. W was this a lot of microfiche that you were going through? In when we first started there, we had to use clip files. Oh, we used the clip files a lot because we did. And as like as everything got put on microfilm we used microfilm then everything was scanned and put so we could look up the old stuff 
online, which then the newsroom could do it too. Yeah. Things changed. We did a lot more when I first started there. We did everything when I first started there. And then towards the end, because people were getting their own Lexus numbers and this and that, we did a lot less. Yeah. But we still did finding people, public records, oh. organizers still did photos. Right. Um, did like more little special project things and stuff mm -hmm. like that. The big Hollywood Boulevard Hall of Fame, that was actually something that was the Hall of, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I remember that well. Oh, hold on. We should have done it. This was, um, <laughs> we there, was a, there was a lot of wild ideas. When, when the Chicago Tribune, when Tribune bought the LA Times, there, I mean, it, it could be a comedy miniseries. The, 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 and being from Chicago, it broke my heart that they had so many terrible ideas about what they were going to do with this paper that they own that's larger than them, whose culture is very, very different than theirs, who they aren't really rooting for in a way and wouldn't mind if they could just demolish it like you're about to do to this house and turn it into a mini mansion of money for them. And so one of their great ideas was, oh, the iPhone has just come out. Oh, there's apps now. Let's make an app for the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Not a bad idea. No. Because when a tourist walks down that street, those streets and you're like, who's this guy? It would be great to type that in and figure it out. And so what I loved about this project was a lot of the people in the newsrooms, including me, had to help out on like four or five stars. And if we all did it together, then it was great. So I imagine your department had to work on it a lot. No, I think <laughs> the person who was in charge of it had a real bug in her butt really? about the library. She was what? very, my opinion, huh. um, she didn't like us. She had someone who used to work in the library. Uh -huh. And the reason I have very strong feelings about how yeah. this whole thing was done was one of the things, as we lost personnel, yeah. I picked up duties I'm sure. because I'm a smart girl. Yeah. Keep busy, right? Yeah. I started putting all the photos away because we didn't have anyone to do it. Yeah. And they just would take them out, and they wouldn't check them out, and they threw, you know, we were, oh. we were losing stuff all the time. And... One day, I said to my boss, can you please talk to so-and-so about getting the pictures back so we can refile them, so yeah. we have them? And he screamed at me. Because this particular, this is all gossip, right. this particular person was his friend, and he was not confrontational. Oh. The head of it all, I, like I said, I considered this person to be an enemy of the library. I think she... <laughs> <laughs> Looked down on us, didn't like us for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why, but... And later on, talking to another former employee, my field, and I said, I think she was one of the people that hurt us a lot. She said, yes, she has very sharp elbows. Good and this point. comes from someone who I love and respect. So, my, I, Help me out with this theory. I have a theory that says if you don't have competition, real competition then you fight w within. And I think the biggest problem with the LA Times was there wasn't another LA Times to compete against. Yeah. There was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at a lot of personalities there. And uh, I, my feeling was, I think there was a lot of sexism. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I think I really sexism. I mean, I the I remember an editor who was not much not a real good looker. We a woman. said we said we were not going to diss the LA Times. No. But I think there was a lot of sexism there. <laughs> and I think the way to get Well there there wasn't anyway. I mean on paper that's kind of there and wasn't a lot of uh, um, uh, senior editors and above that were female. No. I mean, it's changed few. recently. Oh, yeah. They're doing a great job now. They are doing a great job. I think when Patrick, I call him Patrick, when Patrick <laughs> bought the Times, I, I was ecstatic. Everything I really, changed. I believe so. I think he's a terrific, yeah. brilliant man. Yes. And interesting because I, after I left the Times, I got a job at Citric. My, I work for Mike Citric, uh-huh. and you know the only thing I'll say about that is that I think Mike Citric is one of the nicest, most charming people I've ever met in my life. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, the job didn't work out, but it made a big difference in my life. That's good. And I could retire. Oh, good. And it was an experience. And the person who got me the job was Sally Hoffmeister. Really? Who is the woman who I love... I would give Sally my kidneys. Wow. Both of them. I love Sally Hoffmeister. And she messaged, she sent me, she messaged on one of my um, postings from, from Mexico saying uh-huh. how happy she was to see me. And I said, I couldn't do it without you. Couldn't have done it without you. Was, was, she, was she entertainment or was she features? She was the entertainment editor. That's right. Yeah, she was like business editor because she had the business thing. Yeah. And yeah, she had a problem with Diva. Okay, let, let me just ask one more question about the LA Times. Okay. There were two days that will, will, will live with me forever while I was there. I was only there for about four and a half years. Okay. Um, one was when Barack Obama was elected, and the other was when Michael Jackson died. Oh, yeah. Both days. And I was there. I know I you were. I calls. <laughs> I, I, I'm about to ask you about those. The reason that they will always sit with me is we can we can gossip about who was prickly with who yeah. and who didn't appreciate what. But when the rubber hit the road, when real news was happening, groundbreaking news that you knew these front pages would, would live forever on that hallway that was down on the first floor or in people's homes, that building hummed. And it was incredible. And it was eerily quiet during those times. I always imagined that phones would be ringing, but this is modern time. They didn't have phones that really rang. Yeah. A few. But right. for the most part, people either had cell phones or it was email. But, anyways, on those days, it was quiet. Because everybody was working. Every, there was no <laughs> BS going on. Everybody was working. There was a deadline. And. I feel like everybody pretty much honored the deadline, no matter when, on important stories like oh, these. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what was going on in your department for one of these two days? I think, I don't really remember anybody even being around at the time. I mean, it was like I was the only one there for some reason, which happened a lot. Um, I remember getting first, you know, I think we, there was some kind of inkling going on. 
And I got a call that was from about, England. About Michael Jackson. Yeah. It said, mm-hmm. we hear that Michael Jackson died. And I said, I can't confirm that. We are searching. We're looking now. And he goes, he wanted, he called us. Of course. The library or the LA Times to confirm. Yeah. Um, it was Richard Winton, I bet, was working on it. Yep. Uh, for the crime and part. Sure. And, and. Um, Harriet Ryan. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was did involved. I mean, everybody was involved, which was Yeah, and thing. I think the, I mean, it was like, get all the profiles of Je- Michael Jackson and the pictures. And, of course, the pictures were everywhere. That was um, your instruction. That was probably one of the things I did. They might have had so much already. Yeah. Because, good Lord, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't, um, it, it was different. I mean, no one expected him to die, but on the other hand, they might have already had it pre-written. They have. They had a lot of people pre-written, especially I mean, wasn't he young only, people. Wasn't he only like fifty though? Yeah, yeah. But uh huh. He had. I mean, I think famous. I think they had a lot of them already done. Good. I recall years. One of the reporters, one of the guys, was long, long gone. One of the brilliant ones, uh, saying, "Yeah, I was in charge of doing." Uh, the pre-obits for Reagan, Hope, and uh, Hope, Dope, and the Pope. That's what he said. Hope, Dope, and the Pope. And so, I mean, yeah, they were all done. They were always done previous, you know, right. especially like Reagan's. For Be- because if it happens right on deadline, you don't want to screw it up and yeah. miss a day on, in print. Yeah. It was, and, of course, the web got everything first. You know, for a while it was the web. We did everything for the web, you know. Um, but I always felt the paper was more important. You and, weren't alone. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I yes, the paper was more important. But I swear to God, there were people there who did not read the damn paper. Oh, yeah. When somebody called me and said, can you get me some information on this? And I said, oh, you know, I was talking to the reporter up in San Francisco about this. And... Uh, and or I I used the person's name and they said oh who does she work for I go she works for this paper don't you know <laughs> and it killed me because it was one of the best reporters I knew yeah and uh, the as the years went on I was losing a lot of respect mm-hmm. for some of the reporters yeah many many who were still there or came back are some of the most brilliant people yep. awesome. Yep. Awesome people. Some of the people there. <laughs> but okay, isn't that just human nature, though? If, if it's we... being a librarian, librarians tend, and I like I like to think librarians generally are smarter than most. Yep. Because we don't we look it up before we say it. <laughs> We're smart. We know how to do. I mean, I would some sometimes the. Uh, questions I would get were like, you got to be kidding me, you know, or I'll give you my all-time favorite, and I will, I didn't get upset, because the girl was really young. (laughs) She said to, came in, she goes, I need some photos of Linda Ronstadt. She's a singer. And I just looked at her, and I said, I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm thinking to myself, and when I tell the story, I said, Linda Ronstadt is a queen. She's a goddess. She's the best in the world. That's right. She's not just a singer. That's right. So, but then again, when I had to look up hair bands, 
<laughs> I had to get Kent to help me because I didn't know what the hair bands were. Which, so. which I think is, is always a, a fascinating thing to me about newspapers and their social media teams. Because social media, you are the billboard of the, of the newspaper out there. Yeah. Maybe even more powerful than a billboard because you're being seen by everybody. I think the struggle is when you hire a staff of 20-year-olds and somebody outside of their generation either dies or screws up, you might say Linda Ronstadt, comma, the singer in yeah. the tweet and makes everybody look stupid. And But at the same time, you kind of need some young blood in, in your newspaper. Oh, without a doubt. For lots of reasons, including salaries. Without a doubt, but they had to... We had, I remember a terrible correction. They had a post about for about Mel Torme. Or it wasn't Mel Torme, Edie Gourmet. Uh-huh. They spelled her name totally wrong Ooh. because they didn't know who she was. Right. Not my generation, well, but I knew who she was. But, but see, again, one thing I loved about the LA Times was that building was filled with knowledge. History. Turn, swivel your chair to the old person, <laughs> or swivel your chair to the young person. Like, oh, it was awesome. People, people want to tell you. You know, these are journalists love knowledge, oh and they God. love communication, and they were great. Swivel I your talks, chair and ask. Yeah, I talked to so. I remember Kevin Thomas sometimes would come in the library at night, and he, he and he liked me, and he would tell me stories, and I go, Kevin, you got to write these. Yeah. Susan King has a book, two, three. I worry about her all the time. I love that woman. What are you worrying about? Yeah, she's not doing well physically. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's... Uh, she's great a, entertainment writer. Uh, brilliant. She had more bylines than anybody. Anybody. Super prolific. You know? Also was and great smart. about LA history. She and Pat Morrison could have oh, been Pat a great tag, tag team about just, just LA history alone. Why is this called that? What's what's um... Susan was more in the entertainment, right? The movies, but she she knew her films. That's right. She was equal to anyone yeah. there, and unfortunately, they didn't respect her enough. Uh, Kevin Thomas was a pioneer in gay films, um, and foreign films, mm-hmm. and he didn't get the respect he should have. Uh, Kenny Turan, I think, did. Yeah. But Kenny Turan, lovely man. And I, tell me tell you, the best people there were the nicest, and I could say bar none. Henry Weinstein, who was legal writer, mm-hmm. one of the most gracious, kindest men I've ever met. Um, so many of them were complimentary, were, yeah. you know, positive. So Henry many Furman, another Henry who oh, as sweet God. as can be. The copy I, chief. I love him. I love that yeah. man. I still love that man. I do too. I'll say something on Twitter... And tag him. I'm not asking him to be part of the conversation. No. And and as you as you know, I'm not afraid of controversy. No. But Henry's an absolute gentleman from oh, the olden times. The and, best. And his vocabulary is fantastic. So he'll say, um, "Gracious greetings, Tony." But I will not disparage my my former cohorts yeah. or those who no, are in the he, trenches today. He was a love, <laughs> and I remember compliment when he got engaged. Because we were friends on, we were even there. We were friends on, and I said, "Middle aged love, it's the best." <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a middle aged relationship. That's right. So yeah, you know, he yeah, gentleman, charming and sincere. 
Do you have hope? Well, you've hope, I'm sure. Do you have faith that the newspaper 20 years from now will be something that you would want to subscribe to? Uh, On your boat? Yeah. That the, the paper yeah, boy will. somehow always, throws it out I, off the I, deck? You know, I, I subscribe, still subscribe to the Daily News, which is nothing. I will. Oh, the, the LA Daily News. Yeah, yeah. I still subscribe to that. Because, because? I live in the Valley. Do they cover the Valley good enough for you? They, they used to much better, much yeah. better. And in fact, when I was a law librarian, my, comp- my, my law firm was an insurance defense. They... The Daily News at that time really covered the insurance business. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I liked, I mean, so I still get it, comics. But also, <laughs> I will, I'll get the digital version of the LA Times. I don't like reading it online like that. But I get the Washington Post digitally because it's yeah. the best writing in the world. I've, I've, and a lot of old LA Times people there. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Matea Gold is like a managing editor, and okay. I knew when she was a little reporter. Aww. And uh, Kathy Decker went there, and I, Kathy Decker was always up there. and you know. So there are some people who, you know, I want to follow their writing. And also, I think the Washington Post is probably one of the best papers. You know, it's crazy because um, when I was hired as blog editor, they, I had I had questions from some of the big chiefs, like... Do you respect the newspaper? Do you? How do you feel about print? All these kind of things. Yeah. And I was like, I can't. First of all, I can't believe I'm even in this building because I'm seeing David Lazarus over here. I'm seeing Randy <laughs> Harvey over here. This is like being at an All Star game. Yeah. For me, it was. And so when you start reeling out all these names, maybe people are switching off to go to whoever podcast. But I think when you know you're in the right place, it does feel like an All Star game. Because oh you God. know the names, and it's so cool to actually see the people in front of you. And the librarians right there, they were top. The When I started, it was Tom Luckin, who was the director. I knew Tom as a library person. Tom Luckin was awesome. Yeah. Um, Dorothy, who took over, was also. I mean, these were people I knew. I knew people there because of libraries yes. in Los Angeles. And it was an incredible crew. I learned so much. Yeah. I mean, the, my first six months there, I went from 50 to 150. Um, and I learned every day. I mean, I only got better. I, was, I never thought of myself as a good researcher until I started there, huh. until I learned. And it was because we had resources. Yes. The resources of the L.A. Times. People would, you know, the people after that, oh, can I call you for questions? And I said, well, frankly, not supposed to. And also, <laughs> the reason that I'm such a good researcher is because I work here. And we had incredible stuff. I mean, yeah. stuff that was never even utilized, but we had it. So, yeah, we could probably define almost anything. If somebody's trying to find old L.A. Times stuff, is the best way to go through the L.A. Public Library? Yeah, that's where everything is. That's the the microfilm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and it's all pretty easy to search. It's a funky search. It's not... It like is a real, funky search. You, it's because things like words are split up. Yes. And something I learned very early when I started working there, and this was... I When I started working there, people did not have email. Mm. 
we used a messaging system, and they we the library taught everybody in the newsroom how to use the email. They couldn't have email until the library taught them how to do it. It was another world. Yeah. And uh, they, yeah, so they didn't even know how to use the computer. I mean, it was it was a very different place. We know Dr. Patrick is listening to this podcast. Okay, good. Because he's got incredible taste. He's a friend of Mike Citrix, too. Oh, is he really? Yeah. But like I said, that's why I was happy. Shouldn't he put some resources into truly digitizing the LA Times so that it's it's very easy for people just through Google to be able to? Because to me, newspapers are the history writers. And and that is like, it's priceless information. In it is archives. kind of digitized already. I, no, I understand doing retrospective is a consideration. But you know, the only thing is, like, when you search the microfilm, what you're doing when you're doing the on the ProQuest, whatever, mm -hmm. you're searching the pictures of the words, which is kind of cool. Right. Um, and if a word's broken up, you'll never find it. Right. That kind of thing. Or names weren't spelled right, which in the old days, no one, someone once said, your name is spelled the way the LA Times decides it's going to be spelled. Right. <laughs> Okay. What was also crazy about back then was they would put people's addresses. Oh yeah. Oh oh my God. Yeah. Where victims they victims of crimes. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, not the criminals, the yeah. victims. That that was old newspaper style. I think you know. But how crazy is that? Yeah. Where things are. I mean, but you know. But I, but I guess my goal is I just want it. Well, how great would it be just to ask Siri? Hey Siri, <laughs> give me Hedda Hopper's last article. Oh, now Siri turned on. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. I want it to be so simple for people to get into this because you know how hard it is to even write that article yeah, for it even to get published. Yeah. It kills me that it's buried behind all this stuff. It is. It's buried, but it's also, I don't know. When, I, when the internet first came out, I was working mostly public libraries, doing public library work, and people say, oh, you're going to be obsolete in five years. Well, no, <laughs> because it's hard yeah. to do that. And people give up easily. Google, just your simple Google search, because you get ads first, people give up. Yeah. You know, you got to sometimes go to the second page. Yeah. And I thought it was really funny when people say, oh, libraries will be obsolete because we could do everything at home. And the questions I got and how people couldn't even search a library catalog. And <laughs> you remember card catalogs? Of course. I mean, they were great. They were actually the best source, best research because you had serendipity. You would find things you didn't know. That's right. Online research, you don't have that same serendipity. Sure. sure. Spelling mistakes. Yeah. You know, I, I, a lot to say for all of it, you know. I mean, I started out when I was in library school. When you got online, you take your phone, you call a number, and you put it in these rubber couplers. Wow. Uh, DSL was a big freaking deal. Dial-up. Yeah. I mean, I only knew dial-up. Right. And then DSL and then everything else. But I think it got harder because there was so much, it was harder to filter. Yeah. And that was the thing we did as librarians. We filtered it out. Right. Tried to do the, eh, you know, you always had one person, well, this pile is not as high as that pile. <laughs> well, maybe I was more discerning. I mean, we, being Let's, a librarian is an interesting profession. It's a totally interesting profession, and we, we wouldn't be where we are today without librarians, so thank you. Thank you.
Let's talk about the valley. Oh, yes. Something you know very well about, because it sounds like you've lived here for a long time, and you've seen a lot of change. Late 70s, I think, I moved here. Early did, you, 80s. Uh, did you see Licorice Pizza, the, the movie? Not yet. I'm dying to. I know exactly. It took me, I, it was a y- years before I realized what a licorice pizza was. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm not that cool. But, yes. Here's, I my, lo- here's my question for you about the Valley. When I was pitching this podcast to a number of people who rejected me. Yeah, of course. Boo-hoo. We're still here. I said... Name three famous structures in the valley. <laughs> and if you can, then you've proved that this podcast is worthless. But if you can't, maybe you do need somebody to go to every neighborhood of the valley and really show you that the valley is so different than any other place as large as it is. It's as large as San Diego. It's as oh, large yeah. as Chicagoland. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yet... I think I've even stumped you on this landmark thing. What? Can you sh- can you tell me three like buildings or structures or famous things? The oh, circus she- liquor. Yes, on, that's a great one. I think it's on Lancashire. Or Look at Violet. you, circus liquor. As seen in uh, Clueless. Clueless. Which- I think also in in isn't it, there was a funky uh, one. Like Iron Man or something like that. I've seen actually I've seen because it's a very iconic, beautiful sign, incredible yeah. sign. Circus um, Lickers, that's a good one. That's one. Um, well, I mean, I think of the theaters. You know, the Lorena Theater. Lorena Theater is where it was on. Well, it was, was. on Ventura, oh. and of course the 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 well, Sherman gonna, Oaks Mall. If we're going to do wases, then yes, right. it's still there. The, the Sherman facade. Oaks Galleria. The Sherman Oaks Galleria. We have a Sherman Oaks Mall over here. Yes, um, which downgrade. Yeah. Right? Notre Dame High School. Okay. Um, well, I, it's, know, it's I, not easy though, is it? No, because no. the valley isn't like that. No, it isn't. The valley doesn't build a eighteen-story skyscraper. No, no. Because you don't need to in the no. valley. No, well, Burbank is still... I love watching the old TV shows that were... Adam 12, I was watching Dragnet. And Dragnet, they used the streets, but they didn't do it the right way. But one time I'm watching, I think it was Adam 12, and they said, we're going down Riverside and up uh, um, Whitsit. And I'm going, I know exactly where that is. (laughs) I've seen, I mean, all the time, you always see commercials. Yeah. I remember seeing, you know, watching TV and I go, I was watching 30-something and they drove by the, um, there used to be a, a transvestite bar on the, on, on Ventura Boulevard and they drove by it. And go, That's the valley. They filmed in the valley. Yeah. So I I recognize things as even the old ones, you know, yeah. and it's so cool. I love it. My last girlfriend uh, is also Native Angelino. That was her favorite thing to do with me when we would see a movie. Old TV. Oh, and watch. Even new ones. Pull them out, yeah. We, we were watching Boogie Nights, and she's like, I know that place. That's that place. M&M Market is in a commercial for Apple Pay. <laughs> it's so cool. Yes, the Valley, it, it's a lot. Of, to me, it's a lot of neighborhoods with, you know, and, uh, you know, what I've lived in Canoga Park. I've lived in North Hollywood. I've lived here. And, I mean, I love it here because it's a neighborhood. When it was pandemic time, and I'd be out, I was doing weeding. I mean, it's the only thing I could think of doing. And people would walk by, and they'd say, "How you doing? I'm doing fine. You need anything? No, I'm good." 
I mean, I didn't even know these people. My right. neighbor, Pam, who was so happy, she and her husband were so happy I moved here because yeah. I wasn't a renter anymore. <laughs> and um, they turned out to be the best people in the world. Yeah. Um, people, especially walking, it was that whole pandemic, that early pandemic time when everything was so weird. Yeah. A lot of families, a lot of kids. I would have, I'd always, kids would walk by with people and I'd say, pick some flowers. And they'd look like, and I said, Everyone tells them no. I tell them it's okay. Good for you. And because why not? They were wildflowers, you know? But What's, yeah. Since you mentioned things that aren't there anymore, let's continue that list. Okay. Things that aren't there anymore. In the valley. Wonderful restaurants. Like? Corky's. It was the breakfast place on Van Nuys. It was so damn good. Solly's used to be where, I mean, my family always talks about Solly's because they'd come here and we'd always go to Solly's. The the loss of those diners. Yeah. Hearts is still there, but it's not it's not like Jerry's is not Solly's. No. We knew the people. We I mean they recognized us in they're, Solly's. They're trying to bring back Norms's. Uh Norms? I never went to Norms, but I but I, that's just it. We need those diners yeah. where the cops hang out. Solly's was like that. Solly's was awesome. Yeah. And I and so was the uh Corky's. Corky's we I mean I was close to we went right before it closed, and we were heartbroken. Yeah. And there were a lot of people who were. Yeah. Cor and, you know, it wasn't the greatest food in the world, <laughs> but you could count on it. You could have breakfast all Breakfast all day is really important. It is. How about the toasters on your table? That was at Dupar's. That's right. Dupar's. I took my brother there. He was blown away. <laughs> Loved Dupar's. But here, the other thing, too, my bro brother oh, came also, from Phoenix. Also, Ships had uh, toasters. Ships, on. yes. John knows Ships because he lived in West L.A. all his life, yes. so he knows Ships. But, yeah, I miss that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's still walkable. It's German Oaks in the very valley. walkable. One of the reasons I bought this house was, well, one of the reasons, but down the street at the end of Catherine is the public library. And they call this area, this is from between Hazeltine and Van Nuys, basically Library Square. Do they? Yeah, it's Library Square. Because there's more than one library here? No, it's just because just it's because of that library. Yeah, and it's renovated. It's beautiful. They did a really nice job. Oh. It's a it, lovely people there. I always, I mean, I, I have feelings about public libraries, sure. especially anyone who works there. So I always, you know, I'm always smile and thank them and do all. And I will mention I'm a librarian. You know, sometimes. Um, yeah. Do you, do you utilize a canopy on uh, on TV? Are you familiar with this at all? Is that the one that goes through the? My TV isn't hooked up to the internet so we can't do any of that shit i am not you're ready to be on that boat i'm ready i'm technically savvy in what i need to know for those of not... you out there canopy is a way through roku or apple tv that or you online. can online you can go the, use the, the library you can use they have movies movies my for neighbors... free it's like a Netflix, but through the library. Yeah, my neighbors told me about that. Did you know you could do that? I go, oh, that's cool. You know, well, I can do it off my laptop. The library but... card is a powerful oh. thing, even today. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And the reading, to me, I always say it doesn't matter what you read. I don't care if it's comic books. It's reading, right? Okay. And smart. Let's okay. wrap it up right. with um, newer things in Sherman, Sherman Oaks that you appreciate. 
Is there any? Are there any? A lot of, a lot of dispensaries here. <laughs> we dispensaries. There was a time, I swear <laughs> to God, I thought I, there might have been more... We dispensaries along Ventura Boulevard than Starbucks, and that's hard to do because we had at least five within two mile, three mile radius. <laughs> Starbucks. What's your fa- What's your favorite around here? I use the um, Higher Path. Higher I started path. going there because mine closed. Very the first one I went to was Daddy's Pipes. I love Daddy's Pipes. They were so cool. They knew me. They, you know, they they were great there. They were really. It was very. Homey. What do you, What do you like to get at these places? Uh, pre-rolls and, and flour. So John's just, just, a, yeah. just joints and... Um, and flour. It, that you'll roll your old joint? I like to roll my own. Do you I'm use pipes? I'm old or, school. Do you use Papers. pipes or do you use uh, bongs? Papers. Just all joints? I like... Yeah, I'm a, I bonged over my years. Um, I... Pipes. You can't... I like smoking a joint because I used to smoke cigarettes. Ah. So it's partly that. Um, I'm old school. I'm old school. It's I've also been... pre-pandemic. It's also like this communal thing. Yeah. They stayed open, thank God, because I did smoke a lot. But I'm saying <laughs> during the pandemic, I don't know if I would accept a joint from somebody else. Oh, yeah. No. I'm a, I'm a solitary smoker. Right. I'm more... I'm more Does handsome guy isn't and get smoking high. too? Not as much. He, when we first knew each other back in the 70s, yes, we smoked a lot. <laughs> Smoked cigarettes. We smoked a lot of pot. We did drugs. Yeah, uh, not a lot of drugs, but you know. But yeah. Um, but I stopped for a long time, and then I started again, and I haven't stopped. And when I used to buy pot with a friend of mine, and we call it a syndicate because we put together our money to get more. And then she said to me, Rob. You really should get your your medical license, and I go. Yeah, I was so scared too, and everything, and I did it, and I went into. And the first time I went in there, I just was like, I'd never seen so much pot in my life, and I was able to buy it, and it was uh, the best thing. I and I still have that appreciation, and I go to the higher path now. And there's a couple of guys there I know, a couple of people, and, you know, I am who I am. And I will often say, oh, my, I still can't get over the joy of being able to buy it legally. And one time I was walking out with another couple, and they said, hey, they were laughing about the fact you can get a discount on the back of your Ralph's receipt. There's a discount for the higher path. Is there really? Any first time only, but yeah. And I said, Yeah, you remember when we had, and he goes, I mean, we were two of us were just laughing, you know, to be able to buy it like this. <laughs> it, it, it's still, I still can't get over it. Now, when I was down in Mexico, I figured I was going to go on a pot diet because it's not really legal down there. And I didn't, of course, bring it with me. And I figured oh, I'll clean myself. That's what I do on vacation sometimes. I try to clean myself out. Yeah. Well, my sweet man thought, I couldn't do a vacation without pot, so he made sure we had some. And so, but it was Mexican pot. Oh no! And I got to show you this. This is all. Okay, hold on. She's she's running across the uh, bowling alley. Oh, to it. Oh, oh, she's got her phone. She took a picture, I guess, on her phone. Of course, of course, I love. Oh God, I love Mexico. Love, love, love. Well, we. Where in Mexico were you guys? La Paz, which is Baja. Mm-hmm. Which is very different than mainland. Yeah. Um, you know Peter Hong, don't you? Sure. Peter Hong's in Mexico. 
Is he? Yes, and he's been taking (laughs) pictures. He is... Oh man, he is just amazing. Uh, when guy. when you say Baja, do you mean like Ensenada, Rosarita, or even more south? All the way down. All, All the... the way down. Look up La Paz. Okay. It's, it's north of Cabo. Uh, hold on. It, it's north of Cabo, about uh-huh. three hours by bus. Okay. All right. See this? Three hours by bus? Yeah. But Do it's, I want to be on a Mexican bus for three hours? They're nice buses. They have nice buses. That is... That is see Mexican that, looking weed. Yeah. Well, see the weed and the nice buds. But do you see the, the little bulls on it? Yeah. Supposedly that means what cartel it came from. Oh. Isn't that wild? Very wild. Anyway, so I had to clean, do all this cleaning and the seeds and the stems. All right. And so I was telling everybody, it's so old school. Yeah. And so when I came back, I was telling my friends. Did it get you high, though? Oh, my God, yes. It was fine. We were high. I, I smoked a lot. Not, you know, yeah, who smoked? It, it, it's, it's different. It's different pipe. It was very nice. I didn't know what it was, yeah. whether it was sativa, or, you know, but it was fine, and it did its job. And it was fun. I mean, I, I, when you don't have to drive, I don't like driving high. It's, right. So when I drive, uh, that's why I smoke it until when I get home. Yeah. I mean, 10 o'clock at night, and I'm smoking when I get home. But I don't like smoking when... Robin, we will see you on the high seas. Yes. Will you you check out my photos from La Paz uh, when I'm going back? When I sell the house, I'll make an announcement on Facebook. Life changes. Wasn't Robin fantastic? You know who else we'd like to retire with on a boat? Our Patreon. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan... Here's a pack of gum. Here's a pack of baseball cards. Here's two tickets to an upcoming Cubs-Dodgers game. Every donation you hand over helps us keep this insane project a rolling. So shout out to our Patreons, Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinky, Ben Welsh, Henry Furman, Jen Adams, The Lonely Chair, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, and Dougie Gyro. Want to hear your name at the end of next week's show? Go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give to the hearse. Also, shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, all you have to do is PayPal us 25 bucks or more. We will list you on the Here in LA website that Mark Johnson is building and it'll be there forever. You'll also be given a number to denote how early you got in. For example, Angelino number one is Allie Miller. Two, George Wright. Three, Rita Joanne. Four, Jason Sutter. Five, Grant Houghton. Six, Rob Baker. Seven, Kev Chang. Eight is Brenda Garcia. And nine is John Griffiths. Just PayPal your hard-earned cash to busblog at gmail.com and uh, know that you are stoking a couple of nice people. Want to support us, but you're remodeling a 70s house into a McMansion? You can still hope. <laughs> you can see. And you can help. Post your favorite episode on your Facebook. Oh my God, post two. Tweet something nice about this. In fact, anytime you see me tweet about an episode, just retweet it. It's free. And for God's sake, tell your friends. Tell them how Here in LA is spelled, and that it's on Apple Podcasts and Google and even Spotify. Here in L.A. is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man you pretty much need to hire to play trumpet on the bow of your boat, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. 
Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and all the research assistants and librarians everywhere who shine a light on the facts for us to learn from. Steady as Steady she goes! As she goes.